Welcome to SelfDiscoveryWisdom.com, formerly known as SelfDiscovery Media. On these podcasts, you're going to hear people who speak from the heart. They've taken the journey in life. Many things have happened to them, but they've changed it to happening for them. And in their strength, their courage, they've discovered their abilities and their wisdom, and they are now sharing it here with you. Do enjoy each show. We bring it to you with love and knowing that it's going to help you on your journey of life. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Building Your Business right here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy. My guest today is Anna Grandi. We're going to be talking about women in tech. Everybody thinks that tech is just for men, which is not so. She said about five years ago, her husband of 15 years left her for a 25-year-old nanny. Mm, a sad story that we hear way too often. I am completely, she was completely shattered and hired a coach to help her pick up the pieces and put her life back together. She began the journey of self-discovery, a personal growth of the support of by a coach. Coaching saved her life both personally and professionally. In her role as a co-founder at the COO of EdTech Company, R.I. C-O-R, uh, she noticed that a huge gender gap in the industry, despite her goal to employing diverse and inclusive development team, female developers were still being grossly underrepresented. And in almost 11 years of rapid revenue growth, only 15% of the total number of software developers hired by companies were women. She was also the only woman on the huge um, uh, in the inclusive development team. Female developers were um, absolutely left out of the equation. So what is it that we're going to be do, talking about today? We're going to be talking about how to bring women into this male-dominated environment, how uh, being a strong introvert can make it even worse. It uh, took 2020 um, for her to exit from the company that she had built, starting by her own country, uh, coaching, coaching business. She decided to focus on coaching, on supporting women in tech, navigating their male-dominated industry. And in her coaching conversations, she kept hearing back of the confidence of the number one reason why women are held back from thriving in tech is that they struggled with self-confidence as well. And so uh, with Confidence Coach Women in Tech, her mission is to help those gender confidence gap to accelerate equality in the tech industry by empowering women. We have AI now, we have uh, so many different beautiful uh, industries and um, abilities there today. And quite honestly, does anybody care who's behind it on the other side? It's about how do we use tech? How can we use it to our best advantage? Um, you know that there's a lot of male dominated industries out there and they're kind of being shaken up at the present moment because they know that many, many women are stepping into their roles and doing it very, very well. So it's an insecurity on their half because to keep it the boys club, right? And a little insecurity on the women saying, but I'm capable, but how do I penetrate this club? I say go and form a new club. What do you say, Ella? <laughs> Thank you so much for that introduction and thank you for having me on your show today. Yeah, I think tech is a great space for women and it can be hard to get your first foot in the door to get that first opportunity, but we need more women in tech. We need more diversity in tech for the safety of our world. Tech is in all of our products that we use every day. We need that full scope of humanity to be reflected in technology. So my mission is to support women get into tech and thrive in tech. 
Yes. And, you know, it doesn't matter how good they are at their job. And you generally find people that are in tech are a little more introverted because, you know, it's a very focused development, you know, um, a lot of coding, a lot of understanding how things are put together and, you know, and work. And so it isn't generally for the extroverted person who's more the outgoing gregarious. So it's having to find that balance and bring that other side of you out that can open up those doors and say, you know, not only am I capable, but I'm here, see me. A hundred percent. And introverts, we struggle to stand up for ourselves sometimes and to have a voice and to um, put ourselves forward, advocate for ourselves at work and at home. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the world celebrates extroversion. So sometimes we feel like we get left behind. We can struggle with confidence and kind of stand up for ourselves. So I help women with tools to be able to thrive, regardless of their introvert, extrovert, ambivert, whatever it is, to have a voice in that male dominated environment. So how do we do that? I mean, you know, let's look back to women's lip, you know, burn the bra. Was that really the thing to do? Um, you know, it was a statement, I understand. And women have been trying to get into male-dominated businesses forever. Um, we look back in history of some of the women who have created the greats, including the computer, and yet never was their name on anything because it was deemed if it was done by a woman, it wouldn't be done right. Um, but it was all about male ego. So how do we really face the male ego? Because that's what we're facing. It's got nothing to do with capabilities. It is that male ego. Yeah, I think there needs to be more women at the top in tech, like female mm. role models. Mentorship is huge. Coaching is huge. Yeah. And kind of breaking down those barriers. There's a gender pay gap that's particularly yes. strong in tech. Things like that need to be abolished at the yes. company level, at the societal level, so that women have equal footing in tech. You can do the job. You get paid to do the job. Doesn't matter what yeah. you are. I mean, you know, now we're looking, you know, at binary and, and transgender and everything else is that there is really, you know, no genderization in the workforce. You can either do the job or not do the job. And that's really what you should be paid for. Yeah. And research shows that diversity actually helps revenue. It helps the mm. bottom line. It's good for business to be yeah. diverse. I think those barriers are slowly being broken down because, you know, I'm a, um, a 70s chick. That's the, the era of, um, of my 20s. And so it was a very male-dominated, very male-chauvinistic world. Uh, and it was really hard to get ahead in any industry. I was the first woman rep to work for Mobile Oil. I didn't know anything about oil, but I knew about customer service. Wow. Um, but I still had the problems of other, you know, other men feeling... I don't know. I was in their way. Um, and it was difficult to to navigate that in any industry I went into because it was such a male dominator. And the moment that you start to shine or they start seeing you do well, or, or maybe people are talking to you and not them, you know, it becomes an insecurity. And, you know, I think it's a call out to men right now is, you know, embracing your manhood is to embrace your own insecurity and do something about it right it isn't our fault that you feel this way you know though you might blame mama or grandma or sisters or going back in the ancestry is that we're here to stay and we're here to grow 
And it is about your insecurity that you need to deal with. Is it something that's just been passed down? Is it something that you're brought up with? Is it something you generally fear? And for women, it's the same thing, is that just because you have been suppressed all this time doesn't mean you have to accept that now. And it doesn't mean that you have to go on wearing the trouser suit uh, and, and acting like a man in order to get into what is perceived as a man's world. It's both sides need to kind of reassess themselves, don't they? Yeah. And I always say it's, it's really that balance of empathy and assertiveness mm -hmm. that we need to have more effective communication to tap into both parts of ourselves, yeah. that assertive part that can stand up and that empathetic part that can put ourselves in someone else's shoes. Yes. It's both areas that we need to strengthen to, to succeed as women and men. Right. You know, when men see that we're capable of doing the job and we carry the same burden, it almost re reduces their burden. You know, I don't have to be at all. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that, you know, women have been known through the history of time to carry many things at once because we're just created as multitaskers <laughs> and, and not to be intimidated, you know, intimidating to men because we can do that. It's just the way we're wired. Yep. And we need male allies and so many men support women in the tech yes. industry and we need that. Yes. And to, to realize the asset of that, a multitasking, but also being able to see um, very often the creative direction the tech can go in. Because, you know, as women, especially if, you, if, if you're a mother, you're not managing one thing, you're managing a dozen things at one time. And that, but that gives us that projection of understanding what's needed. And then that projection in tech is not, you're not just doing now, you're perceiving where it can go. And that is an asset to any company. A hundred percent. A lot of my clients are mothers in tech and a lot of them are in survival mode, frankly. Yeah. Juggling children, juggling work, all the household responsibilities, plus showing up for their job. And it's really, really hard to manage it all. So it really starts with prioritizing yourself, putting yeah. your own oxygen mask on first so that you can show up the best for your loved ones, for your colleagues and for your family. Um, I always say it's about juggling the balls don't juggle them all at the time just leave some up in the air which is the ball i need to deal with right now and you get to a point where you can one two juggle then you could take the third one but if you're trying to do it all at once you're going to drop those balls so you know they're up there what's the priority in the moment i love that and i always say give yourself permission to drop a ball or two yes yes you do not need to be 100 percent hat <laughs> exactly as long as everybody's still standing, <laughs> fine, right? <laughs> Would you say that women do bring to the workforce, whether they're mothers or uh, just women in general, a different approach, a different vision? Um, well, everybody's different, of course, mm -hmm. but on the scientifically validated emotional intelligence assessment that I run with my clients, women tend to have more empathy than men. That's the one character trait or one EQ, uh, EQ competency that tends to be higher with women. But other than that, I feel like there's a, we can learn from everybody and everybody brings something to the table and whether male, female, or any of the other genders, we all have something of value to contribute. And we need to listen to all of the voices, even the quiet ones. That's the big word. Listen. Right. You know, when you're around that table, kind of troubleshooting or having creative moments or, or looking at possibilities, um, there is no idea that's a stupid idea. 
it may not be achievable, but has that idea sparked another idea? And we've got to listen to each other. If somebody said, well, I've tried this. Well, how does that work? Well, I don't know, but I think I did this and I did that. And it's like, listen, because in all those beautiful nuggets, and if somebody feels shy or insecure, they're not going to bring those ideas to the table. And all those ideas need to be put on the table. And you may laugh at some, and you may, this is wonderful, but hell, that's a good idea. How do we make that happen? Yeah, and so many times we stop ourselves from sharing our ideas. We yeah. judge ourselves before we even open mm-hmm. our mouth. This idea isn't perfect, so I'm not going to share it. That's a waste of amazing, innovative ideas. Because that idea isn't for you to come to the table with the whole package. It's an idea, right? Now, in intriguing others with that idea, they now step up into their own creative juices and go, that's a great idea. What if? Instead of what if? they reject me what if they feel i'm an idiot instead of what if other people can see it and where it can go change our tonage exactly and i love this brainstorming exercise the yes and game mm-hmm. yes i like your idea I like this about your idea and versus yes, yes but mm-hmm. yeah i always say sit on your butt that's the only thing it's good for <laughs> <laughs> but we do in as women don't we we you know we're inclined to but we're inclined to apologize Oh, I'm sorry, I can't be everything today. Goddess, mother, lover, you know, you know code of this, that, you know, it, you're not meant to be. Again, it's all about that priority of the balls that you have in hand at the moment. And is that we give ourselves such a hard time for not being perfect at absolutely everything, but that is not, you know, what it's about. Yeah, that's key. Stop apologizing. Yeah. Apologize. Sorry to interrupt, but... Yes. This sounds stupid, but mm. we're constantly apologizing for everything and it takes away from our confidence and we are taking this seriously when we're constantly saying, I'm sorry. I think the, you know, the, I call it the what if syndrome. What if? And what if with wonderment? You know, the what if is the invitation. What if we did this and then it opens up to everyone and goes, yeah, what if? But we, you know, we go to the other what if. What if I'm rejected? Um, and that I think it comes down to the environment that you're working in. You want an environment that is inclusive. You want an environment that is here to hear everybody's ideas. Uh, is wanting to expand and grow with everyone's ideas. This whole thing that it's just got to be basically one person, a CEO or whatever that's conducting. Well, if he doesn't understand the musicians, he's not going to conduct the music very well. So you've got to let your music be heard. Yeah. And like you said, that listening, that listening to your team and implementing their innovative ideas and the loudest voices in the room aren't always right. If it's just an idea, it's just an idea. You know, where can it go? I mean, we know with technology today, we are, we're wings of showing, you know, technology with AI and, and tech and anything is just going at such lightning speeds, but we're not. We seem to be tortoising along in our development instead of like, let's put all of that insecurity, I'm unworthy, and what will other people think of me? Let's let that go because that's the rubber band holding you back, Yeah. right? You could keep up with technology because quite honestly, I know people are creating the tech, but then the tech seems to have wings of its own, right? We could keep up with it if we could let go of all that other stuff. Yeah. Yes, that fear of failure really gets in the way. I always say the definition of confidence is being willing to try and mm-hmm. framing failure as feedback. 
Failure is giving up, giving in, right? Um, I just call every mistake a redirect. It's a redirect. You now know what doesn't work. So now you get back up and try another direction. Yeah. As long as you're willing to try, the sky's the limit. And we don't know what we're capable of or what we can achieve until we try it. And if we tried it and of course that didn't work, okay, that's not for me. All right. But I like this aspect of it. So how can I take this aspect with me in another direction? I mean, the moment we stop trying, you know, we start dying as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Yeah. It's just to get out of your own way. Yes. I help clients a lot with that. And just to take those bold risks and to get outside your comfort zone and try new things because you never know how high you can soar. I, again, like with technology, the way it's soaring right now, it's, um, you know, having women behind, as you said, that empathy and a certain moral compass that's with women that's innately in them, bringing that to the tech is bringing some humanity to the tech. Yeah. Right? I always say that empathy is the key to leadership, mm. but taken too far, you neglect yourself and struggle yes. to stand up for yourself at work and at home, which can really hurt your confidence. Yeah. You know, you know I love C's. I don't love Kant. I don't like competition and I don't like comparison, but I love compassion, caring, um, you know, creativity, all of those C's. And I think when we have compassion, that is our empathy in action. Yes. And through that compassion, we actually do see a need. And that need can change tech and what it can do. So it just can give us a, another form of technology that can help us with that compassionate need. Yeah, I love compassion, the word compassion and self-compassion, turning yes. compassion inwards. It's so easy to be compassionate and loving with our family and friends, but what about turning it inward to ourselves? And if we treat ourselves with love and kindness, that helps us be more resilient and bounce back from setbacks faster and propels us to keep going. Yes. Why is it that we feel that, you know, we shouldn't put the oxygen mask on or that we um, we shouldn't have passion or empathy for ourselves? And if that is a societal thing of who do you think you are? Um, you're only meant to be this, you're only meant to be that. And that, again, was something that was imposed upon us as a form of control. Um, it seems to be a constantly ongoing fight for women to fight for women's rights in any realm. It's seen as a woman, uh, working woman, women in high places of like tech, or government. Um, I had somebody on who was working for government for a long time and she should have become governor of her state. Um, the people wanted it, but of course the men, just by the skin of their teeth, voted it in a man. And it was, uh, but we need that representation because that's the yin-yang. And we've really got to look at the yin-yang because the yin-yang makes everything stronger. You need both sides in there. No, a hundred percent. So how do we find that confidence? You know, um, I don't know anything about tech world because I... <laughs> I had a numerous amount of tech problems yesterday. Believe me, I don't know enough. <laughs> so, um, you know, the, it, it does take a different type of brain to, to work with tech. And as you said, most people are introverted that are working in there. So even them realizing they need this kind of coaching, they need this kind of confidence booster, this turning their eye in 
not to just what they're capable of doing, but capable of who they're being. I, you know, extroverts are constantly looking at how do I uh, better myself, but introverts are going to, why does that matter? So how do you get your clients to actually understand that it's so important that they invest in themselves in this way? Yeah, it's, well, coaching really is holding up that objective mirror and getting them to see themselves through a, a new lens mm -hmm. and just, yeah, realizing that they will show up better for everybody in their life if they look after themselves first. Yeah. yeah. Prioritizing themselves. Most of my clients are people pleasers with very high empathy. So it is a struggle to invest in themselves and do the work that's needed, but they see the benefits, they see the results and it motivates them to keep going. It's that first realization, I need help. Yeah, that's that. You can't help anyone until they've made that realization because that is their, you know, their step forward. And then obviously their free will of whom they choose. But it's realizing that why am I not getting ahead? Is it just the fact that I am a woman? Um, why can't I speak out? Why do I feel, you know, this lack of confidence? I know I'm more than capable. Um, so it is that embracing that. And if you're asking yourself those questions, then you definitely do need some help. Uh, and that's being vulnerable is the greatest gift you can give to yourself. So being vulnerable enough to say, I need help. That's courage. And, and thank you for doing that for yourself. Yeah, a hundred percent. And yeah, not everybody's coachable. Not, not everybody's interested in coaching. Yeah. The second you say, I need that help. And you realize, well, I don't have to live this way. I don't have to beat myself up. I don't have to have regret for not speaking up at meetings. I don't have to refrain from advancing myself for a promotion anymore. I can live differently and I can take these risks and treat myself with more kindness. Mm. That's, that's the first step. I mean, you've been there, you've done that. You're not coming from a blank slate, right? You know, um, as I say, your husband off with the nanny, how many times do we, we hear that? And it's a, and I'm sure, you know, why didn't I see the signs? Or why wasn't I enough? Why, why, why? All those things that we go through when, you know, husbands do that. And, uh, and then of course at work, a company that you help form, you know, is still feeling that you're not equal or you're not heard or seen in there. You had to go for all of those pushbacks, right? Yeah. In order to propel you forward. And sometimes we just have to look at stuff and go, okay, this is shitty, but what am I here to learn about it? What am I here to learn about me because of it? I love that. And I view my divorce as a gift that mm -hmm. has allowed me to focus on personal growth and to discover yeah. my purpose in life. And I was my first client. Yeah. All of my confidence building techniques, I used on myself first. <laughs> yes. And so you I know always, they work. <laughs> yes. And I always say that confidence is a skill you can build at any age. Yeah. And after any setback in your life. Yes. And the fact it's those setbacks, which I call the reset, the redirect, right? It's resetting you in a direction that you're meant to go in. You know, we're, we're all capable of doing something, but what people don't understand is we're meant to be being someone first. It's your beingness that is doing, not your doingness. That's what you do when you're not doing it. Who are you being? Bring your being to the table and question yourself am i being or am i just doing i love that and coaching focuses on being and doing and it's yes. so important i'm an action taker i'm always taking action and getting outside my comfort zone and doing all these steps but yeah you need to focus on the being as well yes. and who am i in this situation and how do i want to show up differently mm -hmm. 
And that showing up differently isn't, you know, suddenly put wearing something different or wearing lipstick or wearing all of that. It's, you know, it is like it doesn't matter if you were wearing a sack. You walk into the room with an air of confidence and that people know, whoa, whoa, something different. There's something different here. And they pick that up. It's that aura, that energetic aura that you now are. And people treat you accordingly. So if you raise your vibration on your own self-esteem, your own self-worth and that beingness, then people are going to treat you differently because, you, you know, they see you differently. Yeah. And you have a different energy. You attract people and opportunities to you when you show up that way, when you take the time to invest in yourself. If you have a technological problem in front of you and you've got to go for every nook and cranny to find out where the problem comes from, because it's there's no band-aid in technology, right? You've got to go to the core. What's the the core problem that's causing this tech problem? You're going to give it all the time it needs. So why can't we give all the time we need yeah. to ourselves? Yeah, it's so hard when we're running this rat race of life. We're on this hamster wheel, we're putting out fires constantly. We're juggling family, juggling work. To take that moment to sit back and stop and question, is this what I want my life to look like? What are my priorities? What are my goals? We So often we don't take that moment to kind of step back and pause and do that inner work and that reflection. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, I remember saying when, when my daughter, when all my kids have left home, you know, then then I'll divorce and then I'll do that. And it was actually my kids said, forget that. You're going to do it now. <laughs> you know, why wait? Uh, and it's, we make excuses as I'll do it later because, and and think that we're then just there serving everyone else and we're, you know, we're fine. But no, that doesn't work that way. It's they're better off when you're better off. Definitely. And it's kind of reminds me of that conditional happiness. I'll be happy when I get that job, yes. when I get that promotion, when I find that relationship. But how can you be happy now? Yes. And, you know, being happy now isn't, Oh la la, kumbaya. It isn't any of that. <laughs> it it is is you know going to work, knowing um, who you are, what you're worth, what your contribution is. It's being able to be seen and not feel that you need to be in the shadows or hide in the shadows. It's being confident in who you are and realized not everybody's going to get you, not everybody's going to like you. That's okay. That's okay if they don't, because. We all have preferences. Uh, don't take it personally if someone doesn't like you or doesn't get on with you. It's not a reflection on you. It's just you're not their cup of tea. Yeah, and it's that showing up authentically. And it starts with learning to love who you are. And that can take a lifetime. Yes. Yes. Yes, it can. But that's also exciting because you're always in discovery of self all the time. You know, I've discovered about this about me and I'm capable of doing that. And then it's like, I have a need. And in order to fill that need, I've got to discover more about my own abilities and my own self. And that growth goes on with you, hopefully to the day you die, which makes yeah. life exciting. It really does. And it just it takes that curiosity and that openness and the willing to kind of stretch beyond what you thought was possible. Yes. We have no idea what is possible until we attempt, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, impossible, I'm possible, right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, 
it's look at life as a challenge. Right? Again, if you're in tech, you're going to meet challenges all the time. Um, even if you're just using tech, <laughs> like <the> computer <laughs> for no reason whatsoever, just shutting down and not going back on again for 24 hours. Who knows what happened there? It did its own thing. We rely so much on tech. We really do. And of course, with AI and everything else now, which I do use, it tech freezes up to be something more in our lives. And it allows us to do something more. And I think that's the thing that um, other people out in the world don't really understand about tech. They look at it and go, oh, the devil's work or this or that. And it's like, do you switch on your TV? Do you have a toaster? Do you have a kettle? All of that was tech you know, behind it. Um, so, oh, hold up. I am going to be running out of time here. Sorry, but I had tech problems today and all everything was blown when my computer went off and it's going to be doing this with the Zoom as well. But you're going to see a disconnect as it disconnects us and we come back. But that is, okay. again, another metaphor for life. If something clicks down, it's not the ah, scream shout. It's just, okay, what do I need to do to reconnect? Because that's what it is in life. So until it tells me, <laughs> we'll carry on talking. <laughs> yeah. And it's really how we react to yes. these technical issues or situations that are thrown at us in our lives. If we have a choice like between that situation and that response, there's a space. We can choose how we respond. We can react and get all panicked or we can respond calmly and, and try to go into problem solving mode or just to see the humor in it, whatever it is, we have a choice on how we yeah. respond to everything. And when we do that, although it might be irritating, um, at the same time, it's like it hasn't got the better of us, right? Let go of perfection. We have perfect moments in our life, but we're not meant to live in perfection. And I think imperfection, flawsomeness, is, is perfection in itself because we all have flaws. And when we yeah. glue that cup black together with love, that self-love, that we're even stronger and that's perfect, yeah. right? Perfectionism comes up in my work all of the time. Oh, can it can really, really hold you back. I need to have the perfectly formed thought before I can contribute to the meeting. I need to have a, a perfect proposal before I submit it. And it really stalls progress and gets in your way. So the the moment you're able to realize that sometimes good enough is good enough yes. and ditch these impossibly high standards we set for ourselves, it can really help us move forward. And moving forward is what we need to do. Not just, you know, technology is moving forward, folks. There's no stopping it. But it, how do we move forward and kind of keep up with it? How do we step out into this world. I mean, the world is asking us to change, is asking us to step up into more empathy and compassion for each other. How can we have empathy and compassion for other people if we don't have it for ourselves? 100%. It, it starts with you and your relationship with yourself is the most important relationship you have in your life. Because you, you yeah, you're with yourself to the end of your life. So please make your life important. That's essential that you make it important because if you don't, then what we're looking at is a corrupt tech out there, if you could put it that way, you know, that even a virus that keeps on growing and it just kind of diminishes your life completely. So that placement of, of yourself, uh, that 
embracement of yourself and all your beautiful flawsomeness and living from a place of compassion and empathy and understanding and self-discovery, you know, discovering about something else about yourself every single day that you didn't know. That's what we're here to do. It's essential that we do. And I would say we have access to a powerful source of support 24 seven. It's you. (laughs) You Yes. (laughs) Yes. I mean, if there's nothing wrong with giving yourself a me day, there's nothing wrong with giving yourself a hug. There's nothing wrong with saying, I need to do this to nurture me. I have to say no to you right now. Right? This, you know, please don't take it personally, but I need to spend some time with me. Or yeah. calling someone up and saying, I need a hug. I need, I need a loving ear right now. You know, we, we're inclined to hold all our problems in and go, well, no, nobody else is interested. Give them a chance. Yeah, it is so hard to ask for what we need. Mm. Always struggle with this. Like in my new relationships I've had since my divorce, to ask for what I need is so hard. I'm just used to pleasing other people and to actually put my own needs forward. It's vulnerable and it's scary, but it's yeah. so necessary. Why do we always feel so scared to ask for things for ourselves? And that's part of societal conditioning. Know yeah. your place. You know, well, my place is to be happy. What will make me happy? Because when I'm happy, that happy exudes out of me and switches everybody else's happy on. So if I'm unhappy, I need to attend to this. Yeah, a big part of the work that I do is I empower my clients to set those boundaries, to say no. Yes. (laughs) By saying no to something, you can say yes to something that's of a higher priority. It's hard to do. It takes practice, but it's... It does. It It, it does. And, you know, as a recovering people's person, um, I do know that there are times still that, you know, I will sacrifice myself where I shouldn't, right? It's a one ball too many trying to juggle. And it's like, it, it's, I've had to say probably no more in my life in the last few years than I ever had. But it, it allows me to serve whom I here, who I am here to serve better because I'm not stretching myself so thin and trying to be everything that everybody wants me to be. Yeah. And we have limited amount of energy to go around, right? So I always recommend people surround themselves with with other people who uplift them and make them feel good about who they are versus people that deplete our energy and make us feel bad about ourselves. We've got to understand that when we step up into that higher elevation of self-love, self-respect, self-consideration, that compassion for self, and we fill that cup up, that when that cup runneth over, it benefits everyone else. Inspiration begets invitation. When others are inspired by you, not just what you do, but by you, who you are as a person, they are more interested in what you do and what you have to offer. But we're our own billboard, we're our own advertising. And it isn't about the rah-rah, look at me, you know, I'm Barbie. It's look at me as a soul and as a person who has something to contribute. And when we see each other in that way, we see ourselves so differently. Yeah. And it's setting that example for the next generation. Like I wake up at 5am every morning when I have my kids and I go downstairs to my Peloton and I have a workout and they know I do that. And I show them that I'm looking after my physical health so that I can be the best mother for them. Right. And uh, 
It's being the best woman for yourself that happens to also be the best mother for them yeah. and the best friend for someone else and the best person at the work that you're doing. Because how can you look after someone else if you are struggling and depleted yourself? Yeah. That's a so big part of Imperative. Imperative. The word of the day that you invest <laughs> in yourself. Because we... We may not like something and we may chase everything out there to try and, you know, delete something about ourselves. And it's, it isn't about chasing it or trying to ignore it. It's always going to catch up with you. You've got to face it. You've got to face your own inner demons, your own inner pain, your own inner anxieties. You've got to face them because only through facing them can you release them. Yeah. Yeah we bought so many times we suppress or bottle up our emotions and that causes huge health issues. Yes. We need to process and feel these emotions so they can pass through us. Pass through, you know, thanks for the lesson. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't need, it needs to move in with you. It's like that unwanted flatmate, you know, you can't get rid of, you don't need to give it the key. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's very important to know. And I think it's also important to know um, when you're in this redirection of um, of self-discovery of whom you have around you. And if you've got people around you that are always counting on you to do, do, do for them and it's draining you, then you're going to, the biggest thing you want to do is say no to them. It's the scariest thing. But you have to say at this present moment, I'm taking time for myself. And they will think you're selfish and they will think you're this and they'll think you're all of that. And it's because they're scared to lose you because you're their crutch, right? But, you know, if your crutch is wearing down and you can't be that crutch for them anymore, and who's holding you up? Yeah, and it's also not an empowering way to lead by doing too much for others. You're not empowering them to find their own way and figure mm. things out their own. Exactly. Be that inspiration. When you kind of take that time for your own, self-discovery and whom you come out as at the other end it's like wow how did you do that can I do that where did you go to get that done (laughs) (laughs) we do when we see someone's nails or hair right or something like that but it's that inner work and we seem to be more touchy about talking to someone about the inner work Um, but again that is something it's like start the conversation open up the conversation and people can be critique of you not critical but in the sense yeah you do that you say yes to everybody and you don't say no and you know if you're feeling sorry about that folks yes i had a tech issue um as i said my computer went down yesterday and in coming back it's blown all the links and so i was on a temporary link and back on the regular link now but again, that's another thing about life, isn't it? Is that um, sometimes things are just going to not go your way, even in your own self-discovery and your own recovery. And even when you think you've got all the ducks lined up and in order, something's going to come along and cause static or interruption. And it's um, it's how we manage that. Because generally, there's a lesson in that, even if it's just about take a breath and be calm. And at the end of it, go, I used to tear my hair out over that. Now I can just smile about it and go on. (laughs) Yeah. I always say every setback or circumstance 
has a gift or opportunity. If you look hard enough, there's always a gift. So this is kind of a little game that my friends and I play. Something bad happens. We'll text each other about it. Then the other person will say, where's the gift? And right away, you get yourself out of the negativity and curiosity mindset. What is the gift? Is it learning? Is it growth? Is it some sort of a new awareness? Is it a new opportunity has opened up? But there's always a gift if you look hard enough. And those gifts are just yummy. Yeah, they really are. And they come in the most unexpected ways. If we we stop and look back at our lives and go all those lovely redirects, all those things that we thought were, you know, failures, and we look at them, the gift they are, because it put me on this path of self-discovery, put me on this path to where I am today, put me on this path that had I not gone down that street, I wouldn't have met that person. I wouldn't be having this incredible opportunity. How many people miss opportunities because they're too scared to talk with a stranger? Where And how many opportunities can come from a stranger? Not the deep, dark web folks. I'm talking about just general <laughs> life opening up to talking with people. <laughs> yeah, it's about saying yes to those opportunities and even diving in before we feel ready because we're never going to be fully ready for anything. So jump in. Um, that's the confidence though, isn't it? You know, I may not be fully ready. But, you know, as we say with everybody is people are going to buy you before they buy from you um, or want to work with you. And that means that they've got to buy who you are. Are you confident? Do you believe in this? Is this important to you? Because if it is, then I'm going to feel the authenticity. I'm going to feel the genuineness there. And I'm going to want to know more. But if we're constantly living in a facade of expectation and insecurity, how can we be true representatives of who we really are and be that invitation? Yeah, it's again, just to not get in your own way Yeah, and get outside your comfort zone and, and take those risks and not be so terrified of failure. As we've talked about before, failure can be a gift. It can be yes. a redirect. It can be feedback. Yes, yes, feedback observation why did I do that Um, but uh, what did I learn about it or gosh look at the door that it opened because sometimes we just do things in the moment which is called the knowingness in the now to do the things and then we realize like I didn't you know I never would have done that had this not presented itself and I felt confident enough to open up that door but you know people have got to at this point step up and go okay I'm aware that I feel insecure. I am aware that I'm not getting ahead in this tech game. I'm aware that I'm apologizing for myself too much. How am I going to do this, Anna? You know, what are you going to do for me that's going to put me back on, put me on this path probably for the first time in my life? Well, it all starts with self-awareness, right? Understanding what are your core values, And what areas of your emotional intelligence can you grow even further and how you can stop criticizing yourself and cultivate that inner cheerleader, that voice that propels you to keep going, that is kind to you and treats you with compassion. It's not a magic pill or downloadable app. It is a process. It is one step at a time. So somebody comes to you and goes, okay, all right. I heard the show. Um, I'm one of those tech people. I'm tired of, you know, the fight all the time, or I'm tired of, you know, feeling less than, how do I find my confidence so I can stand up and be me and be seen? What are my first steps? Yeah, well, 
like I said, it would start with that self-awareness. So we could have a one-on-one, I call it a confidence booster session. We chat about the challenge you're facing at work. Is it speaking up? Is it advocating for yourself? Is it dealing with difficult conversations? So understanding the challenge you're facing and then assessing you on seven areas scientifically linked to confidence. And by doing that, you gain the self-awareness to see how you are holding yourself back. And then you can start to take some steps to move yourself forward and boost up your confidence by kind of seeing your blind spots and understanding what you can do to get past them. I think that's a big one is that I'm aware that I feel insecure and vulnerable and I can't hold my own, but I don't know what is is holding me back. And by you kind of going through the process of opening up that door, uh, these are the areas that are screaming, these ones are whispering. I was unaware that that is what's happening. And when we're aware and we care, that's when we can make changes happen. A hundred percent. It does start with that self-awareness piece. It's huge. Yeah. To starting your confidence building journey. And, you know, it, it used to be, what do you, you know, um, you were a narcissist if you thought about yourself, if you were, you know, um, who do you think you are? And it's like a, a woman in discovery. That's who I am. Right. And, and I'm worth I'm with the journey and it's been able to say that that first time where you'll be able to look in someone's eyes and say, I'm a, a woman of worth. Yeah. And that worth hasn't got anything to do with a dollar sign. It's got to do with the inner abundance of who you are. Yeah. By nature of you being a human being, you have worthiness. Yes. you are valuable. Yeah, exactly. We need more women in tech. And, and the only way they're going to get there is to be able to confidently go, these are my skills, this is who I am, and you are going to open the door for me. And the more women that do that, you know, as you said, there are many men advocating and realizing the gift that women are. And, you know, they're the cheerleaders in many ways. You know, they've set that stage for, for women to walk on. There's still some other areas that are still very closed. And but the only way they're going to get open is if there's more than one of you knocking on the door. Yeah, that's where mentorship comes into play, mm-hmm. both between male and female role models at the top in tech who you can learn from. Yes. Someone a little farther ahead in their career who can mentor you. And the mentor gets a lot from the relationship too. It's not yes. just a one-sided. Yeah, the mentor gets a great deal because it, it's always opening up other little cracks and things of awareness for yourself or Oh, oh gosh, that's really good. I can incorporate that, you know, in my mentorship. And that's the thing we, you know, a, a good teacher learns from the students and vice versa, right? And that's the thing is, there's always so much to learn. You're not meant to know it all. You know, that's a, every day it should be an exploration of something. Let it be an exploration of you in your life, on the journey of your life. Yeah, and being open to taking on mentees and to learning from a mentor and going out there and networking in your community, building your network that helps with job opportunities, that helps with different promotions and just kind of seeing what other people are doing and what else is out there for you. You know, I'm sure when, you know, when, when your marriage broke down at that time, you kind of, you didn't see, see anything ahead of you. Why is this happening to me? You know, and uh, what did I cause it? Uh, all those things that we go through as women. But when we've expended all of that emotion and kind of willing to look at ourselves, you know, um, raw and ready, you know, it is like, well, okay, this next path is entirely mine. 
right? And it's taking those steps. So all the steps that you use with your with your students now are the steps that you've applied to yourself. And that if you weren't willing to take that discovery, how could you be the mentor that you are today? Because the best mentorship, the best teachers are those that have lived it. Those yeah. that have lived it. Because there's the empathy, there's the compassion, there's the understanding, but also there's the roll up the sleeves, I know what to do. Yeah, that's why my logo is a phoenix. I needed to be burned to the ground to become a better yeah. person of me. Yes, I relate to that one a great deal. I could have left a few ashes behind. <laughs> <laughs> but each time it is that rebirth and that rebirth of, of how come I never knew this about me or how come I never knew that about me? And if I had had this same confidence way back, I wouldn't have had to burn to the ground so many times to be reborn because we've been taught to sell ourselves short as women. And the, that narrative now has been burnt to the ground and ain't re-rising, right? Not rising up at all. We're rising up in the essence of who we are and what we're capable of. And see me as a woman, as a person, as a soul and a heart in any industry, but especially in the tech industry and get over yourself. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be unapologetically who we are and to set that example for the next generation of women and our children. That's how we heal the world. You know, there's no magic wand. We, we've got so much adversity, diversity, um, hate and disconnect and all oh, sorts of stuff going on in the world and the only way we're going to heal the world is by healing ourselves because then we become that frequency that higher vibration that yeah. is healing of the world and we then help others along the journey heal and that beautiful ripple effect you know starts resonating out and we've got to realize as human beings we've been the problem but we're also an incredible solution should we shift our whole perspective yeah, and I always say that by being of service to others through coaching, I'm healing the trauma of my divorce. Yes, exactly. And that's the thing about trauma. You know, you'll, you'll get triggers um, and it's to look at it and go, but I'm no longer there. Thanks for visiting me. You're a reminder of how far I've come. Yeah. Or an indication that maybe there's somebody around me that's triggering me the same way to avoid that person or just not let that person over overwhelm me whether it's a boss whether it's an ex-husband or whoever it is it's um it's there to remind you of just how far you've come and how you don't need to be there anymore yeah and triggers there's a habitual way of responding to the same trigger over and over in our life and it creates these deep neural pathways in our brain so we need to really be active and intentional about creating new neural pathways and responding differently to these triggers. And it all starts with that self-awareness piece, understanding what, what are our triggers, yeah. what situations really elicit that emotional reaction in us and choosing to have a more appropriate response to it. Exactly. Exactly. Take a breath, pause, have a look at it. And then, you know, don't be reactionary, Yeah. Uh, but review why is it there? What's it trying to tell you and what are you meant to do with it? And when we can look at those type of things calmly, we then can see the gift in it. Even in the, in the negative emotion, we can see the gift in it, but we can't if we react to it. Yeah. And it's not easy. No, it's, it's, 
an ongoing thing that you get better at with age, but it still happens. Yeah. It still happens. Somebody cuts you off in traffic, you're still going to get mad. <laughs> Let it be momentary. Treating <laughs> right? so yourself with compassion when you do mess up. Exactly. And you get triggered. Yes. You can do better next time. We all make mistakes and it's learning from those mistakes. That's why those mistakes were made. It's all part of the learning curve. And um, asking for forgiveness from those that you've done it, like me this morning, getting the time wrong. <laughs> Thank you for being <laughs> respectful of that because, uh, yes, it was just a frazzled day yesterday that uh, traveled over. All good. And, but that's also give yourself a break, right? You know, like you're going to get days that are going to challenge you and then they're going to fry your computer or fry you and you're going to go, I oh, I just, Burr. yeah, I have to do this, but I, and it's like, no, it's okay. Take a deep breath, you know, um, ask for the forgiveness and then just go and do, because when you step into doing in your beingness, everything else gets washed away. Yeah, I just thought about this tool that I always use. It's perspective taking, right? You can choose any perspective on yeah. anything in your life. And we have this go-to perspective of kind of a habitual way that we've always responded to something. And we don't have to have that perspective. What perspective would serve you the most in yes. this certain situation? Yeah. It's, you know, it's like in tech coming to recode or rewire, right? You know, it's not working as it's working right now. Would you just, you know, leave it not working and then moan and cry and bitch about it? Or would you fix it? Right. So this is just fixing a perspective, fixing something in ourselves that isn't working or is out of date and needs an upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the important thing, the upgrade. Yeah, that's the important thing. So, yeah, there's a lot here that uh, we've had to unpack today, which I think is great because it um, it really does show us that there is so much that that it doesn't matter whether you're in tech industry or any industry that is male dominated or any industry that is challenging is who are we that we're bringing we're not just bringing our expertise we're not just bringing our capabilities we're bringing ourselves who is it that we're bringing because who we are bringing is who they are seeing and if they're not treating you the way you wish to be seen then you need to show up the way you wish to be seen yeah. And you can only control you. That's the only control you have. Only control you have. You're in the driver's seat though. So which lane are you going to drive down, right? You yeah. Know, the highway of hell or the beautiful countryside. <laughs> so somebody wants to take you, is it, a, you have the one-on-one, -on -one, do you have group courses? Is it something that you work with them over a period of time? What is your process, love? So typically I work with clients one-on-one -on -one for about six months. So it would start out with a confidence booster session, a free one hour session with me. We chat about a challenge you are facing and then assess you on seven areas scientifically linked to confidence. I also do group coaching for teams and workshops for companies. Great. So it doesn't matter if it's a company or an individual or solopreneurs or people that are startups and you want the whole team to go through it. So everybody's on the same page. Um, but coming from the, the tech world, because you know how to address that and for women in tech. Um, yeah. yeah. So women in STEM, so science, technology, engineering and mathematics. Right. Because there is a mathematical equation to it, isn't there? You know, the the uh, mathematical equation to absolutely everything that's actually measurable energy 
And so you're trying to increase those numbers on their energy of self-confidence, but you can articulate it in a way that they can comprehend in their mathematical equation mind. Huh. And it's based on my background, building a tech company. And that's yeah. where I come up with it firsthand, the gender gap, gap in yeah. tech. Yes. Let's fill that gap. Right. Yeah. Let's give people the confidence to be able to walk in where any company is going to say, not only are you, uh, have you got the credited credibility of it, but I, I like who you are and you'll be an asset to the company because you're an asset to yourself. Yes. That's the important thing. So most certainly. So how do people get hold of you, Han? They can reach me at my website, www.annagradie.com. I'm also very active on LinkedIn. Right. And you've got a, a free five-step confidence booster guide when someone signs up for your newsletter. So if they come back to selfdiscoverywisdom.com and put in your name, Anna, A-N-N-A, Grandy, G-R, not Noen, Grady, Anna Grande, I mean, you must get that all the time. Uh, G-R-A-D-I-E into the search engine. You'll see her whole show page with all her information on there and actually be able to sign up for the newsletter, which you'll also probably be able to sign up for the newsletter from her site as well. And then you get a five-step confidence booster guide, which everybody needs a five-step booster confidence guide because it doesn't matter if you're actually already on the trail you know, we need those reminders now and again, right? We need those like, aha, right, yes, I walked off that trail a little bit. I need to bring it back. So it's a good reminder and a good booster for anyone along yep. the way. So Confidence is a skill you can practice. It is. And, and it's something that would keep growing, but it also has to be revisited and revised. So not to forget to do that. Thank you for your patience with me today. I hope that our previous part actually did record. I don't know where it went. So technology, wonderful. Um, again, patience, persistence, perseverance. Uh, but at the same time, it's um, placing, placing the power within you. Empower yourself, right? The empowerment is not going to come from the outside. Um, people can give you the tools to empower yourself they can give you the encouragement to empower yourself that empowerment is in the listen learn and apply so thank you so much for being with us here to anna a uh, good show uh, for going into the new year and um, for everyone who doesn't matter what the business they're in it's to a good reminder to do some self-checking and uh, and to really realize if I want to get ahead in life, I've got to get ahead in myself. Uh, I've got to embrace who I am, why I am unapologetically in all my exuberance and flawsomeness and uh, step up and show up, pe show people who I am. So thank you so much. Until next so much. time, folks. Bye for now, folks. We hope that you enjoyed the show. There are so many more for you here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. Just go to the podcast tag at the top there and you will see all the many genres and all 3,000 shows ready for your listening. We are here to serve you, to help you on your journey of life. And we know that through inspiration, it begets invitation. We are supported by you, the listeners, and those that we interview. Anything that you can spare us in donation would be greatly accepted. And we do hope that you enjoy the next show.